0: Um, you know, I like to start with a proverb, and we'll get to one, but I have another verse um, out of Romans that I want to give to you today and uh, make a quick comment. So, this goes in the category of the proverb of the day. Romans 8 1 says this There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And um, I really had a sense in my study this week. Um, that I wanted to to toss that right at the very beginning of our time together um, because I, I, I started this series about what wise families, successful families do, started last week. And we started on the topic of foolish families. And um, that sounds so negative, although I don't think the message was negative. But here's the deal. There's an enemy of your soul and mine that wants to whisper things into your soul and to discourage you. And... Um, and I think it's possible when you look at here's things that you should try to, 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 to do that the word will give us to have a successful family. You'll look at those things and go, wow, my kids are growing up now. And I, okay, did that, did that, failed on that, did that, failed, failed, did, did. And you get your imperfect list, which everybody has an imperfect list, right? right. Everybody does. And yet the enemy will only want you to key on the ones that you messed up on. And the enemy will want to rob from you hope. And we'll say things to you to condemn you, and I want you to know the Holy Spirit will never, ever, ever condemn you. There is therefore now only a little condemnation? No. No condemnation. Okay, so that's that's there, and I wanted to, to lay that as a groundwork for, for all of us. You know, as we come to church on Sunday, and, and um, the guy up front starts preaching and doing what he does and you start hearing things, um, it's possible that the enemy of your soul will want to condemn you every single week, and Jesus will always want to give you hope instead. So Romans 8, 1 is a good good scripture. Today's other proverb is actually from the book of Proverbs 14, 12. Today being the 14th, I picked verse 12. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Okay, so today we're going to be in in God's word, and we're going to be on the subject of authority. Oh, authority. <laughs> I know that's what you're thinking, okay? Um, at least some of you are thinking, oh, really? We're going to talk about that. I think, I think in our culture, those are almost like bad words. You can actually say other bad words, and they're not bad words anymore. This is one that's not a bad word, but it's a bad word. You tracking with me? I mean, culturally, it's, it's something. But, but I really believe that the word teaches that God actually or, ordained authority for every single Relationship in the universe, and um, it's how things work. It's how people get along. It's how things work when, when, uh, when it's working correctly. Authority is a good thing, and uh, there's lots of examples. If you teach, think about, you know, teachers, teachers, and professors, and principals, and coaches—that's academic authority. And our education system at every and every example would fall apart if it wasn't. Uh, if it wasn't for some sort of academic authority and then there's federal authorities we've got an executive branch and we've got the senate and the house of representatives and the court system and those are our governmental authorities and closer to home or maybe not you know we have state and local police and of course the military and the cia and the fbi and the criminal justice authority we've got all these other authorities who kind of watch out over different things And then we get in a little closer to home and we show up in a place like this where there's churches and there's pastors and there's sunday school teachers and women's Bible study leaders and all these people who lead in churches and by God's grace, they operate in some level of spiritual authority. And whether you allow authority to operate in your life is a really important decision that you make. Very, very important decision in your life. Hebrews 13, 17 says this, and I I didn't put this one up. It says, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls. As one's giving account... Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable, unprofitable for you. Catch that little twist at the end. God says, submit to those in authority over you. They watch out for your soul. They, they're accountable for that. And if you don't choose to submit yourselves to your authority, it's unprofitable for you, for you. And um, I think um, all of those different layers of authority we've talked about are important. But today, our primary focus is going to be on authority. In the home, in the home. And, um, and so I want to think about all the authority that God intended to entrust to what's operating within the home. There's responsibilities there for us to educate and to govern, and there's spiritual authority that, uh, that operates in the home. And uh, I really believe that God enge- engineered our relationships to work properly when authority is working properly, in those kinds of situations, too. And now, I I know right now that, you know, the foolish family is hearing me say these kind of words, and they're saying, what are you talking about, authority? Get that off of me. I don't want anything to do with that. (laughs) What are you talking about, you crazy person? I might be a crazy person, but actually, this is the word of God. So our title today is this, The Wise Family Embraces Authority. The wise family embraces authority. The wise family sees and understands that authority is a good thing and that it is really authority is God's chosen pipeline for how he wants to get to you and to me the good things that he wants to put into our lives. The wise family embraces authority. Romans 13.1 says that the powers that be are ordained by God. Isn't that amazing? They're established by God. So far from resenting authority or, or resisting it or, or even rebelling against authority. There's wisdom in embracing godly authority and uh, so for our own well-being and our happiness. So as we think of all this and as we kind of work our way through the book of Proverbs today, I think it's really good for us to yield our hearts and, and our minds and, and right now just take a minute and invite the king to um, say to us, so let's pray and invite his, his covering over the word. God, I want to thank you today that as we study... Your word, what we desire, what, what, we, what we want is to hold truth in our hearts. We want to be bound by your truth. We want to be bound, God, and live by your truth. So give us, Lord, today, I would say even an unusual receptivity to be available to what your spirit would be saying. Because this subject, it does have a tendency sometimes to grate, and it, it, it just confronts something in our own soul, that the, the sinful part of our soul that doesn't want anybody to rule over us. So, Lord, give us eyes to see that when authority is expressed in godly ways, in good ways, that you use that authority to bring wisdom into our lives. And, and God, we need wisdom. So we pray, Lord, that you give us understanding and insight and obedience and submission to these truths. In Jesus' name, I say amen to that. Okay. So um, as we're going to start today, in the book of proverbs but i want to lay out for you this statement and this this should be in the background of your mind all the way as we work through this the wise family embraces authority and now that's actually the main point of the message we'll talk a little bit about why and how but that's the main point proverbs 16 verse 25 there is a way that seems right to a man but its end is the way to death now in your mind you're going wait a second didn't we just hear that a minute ago no, that was actually Proverbs fourteen. This is Proverbs sixteen, and it actually, you're correct. It is word for word the exact same passage. Amazing that God would decide to use the exact same passage more than once in the whole Bible. I wonder why. Um, so, you know, if you smile at me, I'll feel better. I don't know if you you fake it, okay? Could you just at least fake it? <laughs> there you go, okay. So, um, you know, so so there's there's a way that seems right to a man but its end is the way to death. And I think that's a really good one. You should just go ahead and circle that in your Bible so that sometime in the future, when you're reading through your Bible, you go, oh yeah, I remember this subject. I studied this once. And you can also, you can reach to the right in your neighbors, your rebellious neighbor who doesn't want to write when the pastor says circle in your Bible. And doesn't want to re- you know, submit to that authority. Just go ahead and circle it for him. And um, anyway, so okay, there's a way that seems right to a man, <laughs> but it's end is the way to death. And I really want to ring this verse out. I mean, ring it out because there's some stuff here. So I'm going to kind of work through it almost word for word. Starting with this, there is a way. Notice God didn't say there was a way. This is is not something from when you were in high school or college. This is in your life right now, whether you're 15 or 25 or 45 or 65, there is presently, there is a way. Not your future or your past necessarily, but today, right now, there is a way that seems right. There is a way. There's a specific thing, and it seems right to a man, and your way, by the way, might be different than mine. The one that you're thinking of might be different than what I'm thinking of. There's, there's a way, a way, in your life right now, you might be thinking about that you might be considering, thinking about it, and it seems like the right way to you, and it's not the right way. It's not a good way. You shouldn't go that way. (laughs) But there is a way for you that you're thinking about and you're considering it and you're thinking it through and you're wondering about it. Should I do this? What will happen if I go there? Um, Should this be my future? And you might already be on that way. Maybe you've taken several steps. There's a way. Now here comes the key, one of the key words in the verse. There's a way that Seems, seems, I'm going to break that down a little bit. First of all, it looks right. This way, I mean, it looks right. It, it's the wrong way. It isn't the right way, but it seems right. It's shiny, it's smooth, it's soft, it's furry, it's fast, it's easy. It barks or meows equal time to both animals. But make no mistake about it, it's the wrong way. Because it looks right, it seems right. Because it feels right, it seems right. Now, you might be saying, well, Pastor Terry, you know this way that you're saying is the wrong way, but seems right to me, it makes me feel good. It, 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 it woos me, it's calling me. It wants me and I want it. It seems right, it looks right, it feels right. Here's another thing about it, about seeming right. It's easy to find. You know. It's you don't have to go looking for the wrong way. Have you ever noticed that? <laughs> the wrong way will come looking for you. Now, it, it will just sometimes just show up. It's not the right way, but it's right in front of you. But it's not the right way. Sometimes the things that fall in your lap are not the right way. Jonah is a great example. I'm not going to spend many, much time on Jonah, but we're going to be talking about him in future weeks. Um, but Jonah is an example. He, he ran from God. God had something that was the right thing for him to do. He decides to run from God. He goes to a place called Joppa, and he, there it is right in front of him, and there's a boat right in front of him. But it's the wrong way. If you know this story, you know he goes the wrong way, and he pays an awful price for it. But it's right there in front of him, and I think um, it's the wrong way. Okay, so it seems right, seems Here's another thing about it that makes it seem right. People are on that way, right? They're on that way. <laughs> you know, How many of you know somebody who's on the wrong way? Oh, come on. This is not a trick question. I'm not going to ask you to fess up or anything. Okay, put your hands back down. Because I made you put your hands back down. Because some of you people who said that, you're sitting right next to the person. You're thinking, I hope they're listening right now. <laughs> That's why the hands have to stay down. Okay, hands to your sides, all right? None of this or any of that. But people are on that way. And sometimes we think, that, well, because other people are on that way, it must be an okay way to go. If only that was the answer to the question. And sometimes the people are people you love. They're people that are your friends. In fact, they're calling you say, hey, come on with us. Come on with us, too. And they fill in the blank. But they don't call it the wrong way. They call it the fun way or the easy way or the fill-in-the-blank way. And there's a way that seems right for all those reasons to a man, to a human being. There's a way that seems right to a man. And now the human equation gets things a little more complicated because you and I are weighed down with this age-old problem, our sin nature. We want things that bring pleasure to us. We want things that bring easy to us. That's why it's easier for us to do the wrong thing sometimes than the right thing And wrong is pretty easy to do. There is a way that seems right to a man. And here's the thing. I'm not going to teach you a doctrine that says people in heaven are watching you. Because I don't see that in the word of God. Okay, But I'm going to say there are people who are with Jesus right now who had this choice to make. And they learned that what you're thinking about is the right way. It seems the right way. It's the wrong way. There are people in heaven right now who know that that's the wrong way. I go further. There are angels who have watched mankind over the years, and they've seen these circumstances come up, and they know it's the wrong way. God, the Father, knows your life. He knows what's best for you. He looks at this, and he knows it's the wrong way. For Jesus sees this possibility, and he knows it's the wrong way. He's certain. And the Holy Spirit knows it's the wrong way. And the Holy Spirit might even be talking to you about it, saying, Terry, I'm going to tell you again. I don't know what the count is here, but I'm going to tell you: don't go that way. And okay, I'm going to take this. And I don't mean to stretch your theology too much. This shouldn't really. But even Satan knows it's the wrong way. You know, he's all about leading people down what Jesus called the broad way that leads to destruction. That's all that Satan's all about. And there's a clock running. He knows his time is short, and he's all about leading people with him there. You, family members, friends. He's all about getting people to go the wrong way. He knows it's the wrong way. <laughs> and you know, it says there's a way that seems right to a man. It seems like we've wrung most of it out, almost everything out of there. And then we get to the last part of the verse. But the end, it's always about the end, isn't it? <laughs> Scriptures are always about the end. And, but the end, it says, you know, it's basically this is that green pasture thing. It looks really, really good over there until you get over there and you realize you're starting to starve there. And there are predators roaming around over there and it's not quite so wonderful. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is the way of death. And this can mean, I suppose, in some circumstances, physical death. Um, It can mean eternal death. It can mean all of those implications. But it can mean more than that. It can mean things, consequences, problems even now that don't physically or spiritually kill you, but they might make you feel like you're dying inside. And where does all of this tragedy happen? on the way that seems right to a man. Man, Terry, you're just making me feel bad. I'm out of this. You know, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Proverbs 12:15 says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. And here's the problem. The person is on the wrong road. They can't see it. It's right in their eyes. They don't know it. They can't see it. They're totally convinced that it's right. So maybe somebody sitting in this room today, you're sitting thinking about something, where you're going to go, and it seems right, and everything about it feels right, and all you can think of is that it looks right. The problem is that it's the wrong way, and if you go there, you could end up putting hurt upon yourself, upon your loved ones. You know, I've watched people go the wrong way when they thought it was right, and 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 I'm still waiting for them to recover in their life after years sometimes. And I have been praying about today's message for quite a while. For people who are hearing that from the Holy Spirit right now, I'm pleading for you to listen carefully and not to blow past. Please don't go there because the Holy Spirit says I love you, every one of you. So now you're saying, okay, okay, thanks, Terry. Is there any hope for us at all because you've now pulled us to the bottom of this pit? And I would say, yeah, (laughs) Scripture keeps going. It says, but a wise man listens to advice a wise man listens to advice somehow there has to be this stirring inside of us that says now what if i don't have things wired like i thought i don't what 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 if what if i'm making a mistake for myself or my marriage or my family or my future what if wisdom can penetrate that seems right thing and pull us back it could pull us back a wise man listens to advice here's what i want to suggest it's the lack of wisdom that makes the wrong road seem right. Lack of wisdom makes the wrong road seem right. And I want to remind you about our definition of wisdom. We came, we came with it last week. Wisdom is the ability to choose the best, most God-honoring course of action in any situation. So, our key understanding for today is going to be that the purpose of authority at every level is to help me see and choose wisdom. That's what authority is for. So I want to flip the skunk on the table here and say, well, but yeah, okay, Terry, but um, uh, (laughs) um, doesn't authority sometimes get abused? Of course. Not by God's plan, but of course it gets abused. People are involved, imperfect, imperfect, sin filled, People. Failed people. Even good people make mistakes. Yes, authority gets abused. But the purpose of of God's authority in your life, what God wants to accomplish using authority in your life through authority of your government or the authority in your home or in your church or through your pastor or whatever. Authority at every level. What God wants to do is help you see and choose with wisdom. Now, um, I, I'm, I'm going to say to a, a few groups of people. I'll start with with young people. Let's say if you're junior high or senior high, in particular, you know it's hard sometimes to submit to authority. You think, you know, why do I need to have this authority in my life? You know, I'm not so sure I'm lacking in wisdom. But people who have been where you have been can pretty easily. Most of us look backwards and say. You know, I had life experiences, and part of foolishness is thinking you know when you actually don't. Proverbs twenty-two fifteen. 15, um, I don't mean to offend any young people. It says foolishness is bound up in the heart of the child. I'm not calling children fools. I'm saying there's this foolishness that's in, in every single one of us as a child. The message translation says it a little differently. Same scripture. Young people are prone to foolishness and fads. The cure comes through tough minded discipline. And that's the responsibility of families and parents and churches to chase foolishness out of young people. It's part of our responsibility. Because, now listen, young people, because you're just inexperienced with life. You've had a lot of experiences, but believe me, the people that are a generation past you have had more. And they mostly want to help you because they don't want you to feel the pain we've felt from the mistakes we've made. So children, that's, that's what... Now, i move on to another group, that, that this topic. And this is a very culturally sensitive one, but I'm going to plow through it. I'm going to spend just a minute here because it's in the Word of God, and I want to talk to women. And, and women, you, you bring this immense list of qualities into the typical home of caring and nurturing and sensitivity and compassion and all of that that, frankly, most of us men really desperately need, right? But also with those wonderful, wonderful feminine qualities comes a vulnerability that has nothing to do with your worth or your strength. It's just the flip side of those co- that same coin, and God wants to protect you through the covering of a godly husband, if the Lord has called you to be married. And, you know, I'm guys, you didn't just hear, you know, the dinner bell ring here. That wasn't that, what that just was, because when I get on the subject of women and men, the, the standards for you guys is so much higher, so much higher. And... I just want to say this, and this, this could take me down a rabbit trail and I don't want to get off on it too deeply. But as I watch the Lord appoint people to positions of authority, there's a quality that I watch for and I see it. I see, when I see God's hand in it, I think the Lord wants to put people in authority who are good followers. You realize that? You know, if your focus is mostly on who you should have authority over, do they, are they giving you the authority that you're warranted? Or is your authority, is, is your focus more on who am I supposed to be submitted to? Who's my covering? I want for me, for Terry, I'd like to have about 90% of my attention focused on who I'm supposed to be submitted to. The other 10%, who I'm supposed to be leading, falls really well in line if I get the place that I'm supposed to be submitted to covered. Our military is a great example of that you notice that if you go down and recruit, sign up at the recruiters, if you, if you go down tomorrow to sign up to join the army, they're not going to bring you in at general. <laughs> I'd sign up for that. <laughs> Most of us would. But I mean, no. They're going to start you out at the very beginning of learning to follow. And when you've learned to follow as a private, they might give you a stripe or two. And when you've learned to lead some and follow still a lot more, they might give you another stripe or they might put you into OCS. And over time, you learn to follow before you learn to lead. Men, one of the most common mistakes I hear is, is a young man or even an experienced man in a marriage setting say to his wife, do you see the stripes on this arm? You better buck too. And I'm telling you right now, that is a foolish mistake. it's a foolish mistake experience speaks (laughs) I'm married to a wonderful grace-filled woman who has let me learn (laughs) Um, and then another place where God has put authority in your life is in your church because the world is harsh and life takes practice and you know, God gives pastors and leaders and to give wisdom. Not that somehow there is this source of wisdom here. What there is here is a call to share the word of God. This is where wisdom comes from. This is where wisdom comes from. It doesn't come from my street address. It comes out of this book. It's full of wisdom and it's freely given. And rightly understood, this is so full of love. And it's got no condemnation in it. It's a wonderful place. There's a way that seems right, but the end is the way of death because the way of every fool is right in their own eyes and because there's wisdom to listen to advice. When authority is ministered under the power of the Holy Spirit and on the basis of God's word, it can make an absolute difference in your life if you embrace it. The wise family embraces authority. Okay, so the question is, okay, How do I do this? How do I embrace authority? I'm going to go down through a list. won't take too much time. Number one, believe in it. Believe what I'm telling you right now because, you know, and you might say, but I've had some bad experiences with authority. I understand that. You've got to trust somewhere. Find some good godly authority that you can trust. Um, Tune your ears to it. Number two, seek seek it. Find it and seek it. And I, I can almost hear these words ringing, but, but Pastor Terry, if you knew what it was like in my house, you would understand this is a problem. I say, I understand that, but find godly authority. Seek it. Find it yourself. And then this is important too. Number three, support it. Support it. When one of your kids comes to you and says, hey, dad just said da-da-da-da-da, mom. What do you say? Your automatic answer needs to be well, I just say, da-da-da-da-da. Whatever dad says, we're going to start right there. We're not going to let the divide and conquer thing happen. Support it. That's good. That's good. Somebody comes to you and says, hey, that harebrained pastor of ours, Pastor Terry at church last week, he said, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Your answer needs to be, well, I say, if it's from the word of God, I say, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Quote, 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 quote. It needs to be that you support godly authority. Support godly authority. Embrace it. Now, I know the foolish family right now, they're going, this is the dumbest thing I have ever heard. (laughs) Because here's why it seems that way. Because there's a way that seems right to a man. But the wise family desires wisdom, and they're opening their hearts to it. Authority. Believe it, seek it, support it. You might say, you know, I want to do all those things, but I really don't know how. How can I do those things? Number four, accept its protection. Accept its protection. Godly authority protects you from falling over the cliff that's at the end of that way that leads to death. And I want to show you this from a few different scriptures. Proverbs 6, verses 20 and 21 says this. My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. We'll come back to that in a minute. We read this and other similar passages that we know Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, we know he wrote them. And we just naturally assume this is addressed to children. But what you have here is an example of someone showing you how he's leading his children. I submit to you, this is at least as much written for parents to read, maybe more, than it was the intention that he wrote this thinking, you know, I hope someday in the future kids will pick this up and read this and do it. Although that's true, I think this is Solomon going, Hey, parents, watch this. Learn from this, parents. Verse 21, bind them on your hearts always. Wow, that, that means you, you treasure those things. It's like you want your kids to hear these things and say to themselves, everywhere I go, I hope that what I do is to make the right decisions. I, everywhere I go, what I want to do is I want to stay on the right road. As parents, that's what you want your kids thinking, right? Bind them on your heart. Tie them around your neck. I think, I think parents, it's it's important for us to have some things that You know, so to speak, we're almost kind of trying to drill into the hearts of our kids. Drill, as in mine, you know, oil, get it down in there deep where it can stay. Um, So you got to give them something specific that they can bind around their neck. And it needs to be standards of godliness. Um, I mean, we had several of those. I won't spend a lot of time on them, but one of the rules we had in the Fisher household was this if you're going to have, if you want to have a friend come and spend the night, Okay? You come and ask us alone. If you ask us in front of the friend, the answer is automatically no. No, no matter how much we want to do it, no matter how much you want to do it, if you ask us in front of them, the answer is automatically no. Why? To be mean? No. But to ask in front is manipulative. It was meant to give our children an understanding relationships don't thrive on manipulation, right? So I think they learned it very, very well. I mean, I don't know if they'll pass it. We had other rules, other things that we drilled down into our kids' hearts that had to do with respecting. They they knew that if mommy said, dad's not going to change that and vice versa. They, they knew those kinds of things. But you have to have sta- some standards that your children can tie around their necks, that they can... Tie their heart to. Proverbs 6.22, when you walk, then once they have these things, when you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. When you, are, when you awake, they will talk with you. And parents, I want to just assure you, and to some of you, um, well, I want to assure to all of you that you do this with your children, they'll be with them. Even when you think they're not with you. Even if you think at some point in the future they're not walking with the Lord. These words of God will be with them. The word of God will not return void. Raise up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart. God has made you some promises. And when you give them these things and so that they can bind their heart to, even though you assess these things now, they're still there. And God's word is doing its thing. There, when they walk, when they lie down, when they awake. Proverbs six twenty three, for the commandment is a lamp, and the teaching a light, and the reproofs of discipline, the reproofs of discipline are a way of life. Real life and real character grow through the reproof that teaches wisdom. If I'm wise enough to submit myself to authority, the reproofs that are part of that that will come through God's plan there are a way of life to me. I mean, we got to a certain point with our kids. We have three children, and I'm going to give you an example. And two, at least two of my kids came to us at different times as their adults, but before they had families and children of their own. And they said these kinds of words to me. I'm giving you two out of three, because that way you can't dedu- deduce from this who said it, and you can't go to Rachel and say, was that you? Okay, <laughs> may or may not have been. I, that's not the point. But as we were um, you know, transitioning from parenting them as our children. Now they're adults on their own, making their own decisions. By the way, parents, that does not lift the responsibility and the authority that you have in their life. It changes it. But at, at different times, two of them at least came to us and said something like this. Hey, thank you that you disciplined us when we were younger and set limits for us. And we heard words like this. Our other friends watched that and said things like, Wow, that must make you feel safe. We wish our parents, I wish my parents would have given me limits like that. Now, as a parent, we never expected to hear those words. But that is the fruit that comes from trusting God's word, including the words of authority. By the way, good authority is full of love. It's just absolutely full of love. And those that you lead will know you love them. They'll know that you love them. As you trust God's word in His ways, His reproofs and reproofs our way of life instead of that way to death. Now, I want to just take a minute, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I want to ask the question: What if the authority in the home is not godly? You know What if the authority in my life is abusive, verbally or physically or, or worse? And and I want to say that when a God-given authority in your life fails, God always gives you other authorities that you can appeal to. There are always other authorities that you can appeal to. If there is something that's going on in your home and it's criminal, call the police the first time and every time. If it's criminal, call the police. Seems harsh. Don't mean for it to be harsh, but it's the right thing to do. If there's anything that's going on in your home that is absolutely morally corrupting, then that's the time for you to get to one of the pastors here or one of the wives of the pastors or the council members of their wives or their prayer team. There are some people here that you can trust. And and, um, what we would want to do is help you figure out God's wisdom about how to bring that problem to a point of a crisis so it can get resolved. And, you know, um, I mean, uh, we do not undermine the family structure here. We support it. And we want to undergird the authority of the home. And, and we would want to be there when, um, by God's grace, the authority structure is somehow failing you. And, and so I just want to say that what if the authority is, is going haywire, haywire there? Let me just stop for a moment and pray over that possibility. God, um, you're, you're, you need to, t- to know, God, that for the absolutely brokenhearted and fear-filled First off, God, um, your scripture promises us that perfect love casts out all fear. So, Lord, I pray that something of heaven's courage and faith would rise up and where this kind of abuse of authority may be present, that you would show and give the courage and then light our pathway. I want to pray over the brokenhearted, Lord, and those who just need being rescued, and I ask God for you to give us a pathway and a wisdom for it in Jesus' name. Amen. The wise family embraces authority. The fifth way is to receive, this is the part we don't like, but to receive the correction, receive its correction. Proverbs 27, 5 says, open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. You know, sometimes if you have to rebuke a friend, it, it, it will leave a wound. It will leave a wound. But if you choose to just hide a a love like that, I mean, you love them, but you just choose to hide from it. The Bible calls those, or that choice, the kisses of an enemy, and that seems so harsh. The wise family embraces authority by accepting its protection and by receiving its correction. Proverbs 9, verses 8 and 9 says, do not reprove a scoffer, or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. Some, you know, I've heard the phrase, nobody likes to be corrected. And you know what? That's absolutely not true. <laughs> a wise person doesn't mind being shaped and corrected by the Lord. Verse 9, give instruction to a wise man and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase in learning. We, we sang a song today um, called The Heart of Worship. And n- maybe you know who Matt Redman is? Matt Redman is the guy who wrote that song, and and there's a backstory. Matt Redman years ago, you um, didn't nobody knew who he was except maybe in his local. He was a local church worship leader, and and um, there are lots of songs that we sing in this church that that have been written by Matt Redman. Heart of Worship um, was one of the songs that we sang today, and and he wrote that. And he's he was in this 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 local church and working with his band, and um, they were doing a rehearsal or doing something, and the band, and they were talking, maybe an intense discussion, about the music, the musicality of the, song, the songs that they were working on, and um, I don't know what the deal was, but the senior pastor came into the place and, and listened to some of that, and he basically said, hey, you know, this is wonderful music, but this is not about the music. This is about Jesus Christ. You need to get off the music and get back on, on the message. I don't know how he said it or what he said. But the band was so offended by that correction that they stormed out of the place. Worship team gone. Matt Redman, the worship leader, stayed. And the church was without a worship team for a while. (laughs) And it was over that time that the Holy Spirit really spoke to Matt Redman, and, and he sat down and he wrote this song. You know, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. It's all about you. And he wrote that song, and we sing that song, and it's a lovely song, and it's, it's good to posture our hearts right and does all those kind of good things to us. If you come to church, and if you leave frustrated sometimes because you didn't like the worship song selection, I'm sorry. I really am sorry. Um, I wish that we could please every person every time with our song selection, but that 's not our desire. Our desire is to help point you to the throne and if by our selection and our style we have failed you i, f- I f- 'm sorry for that please forgive us can 't please you all can 't keep the temperature exactly perfect we try the best we can. you know we put the husky colors up kind of um, or, or maybe that 's good maybe that 's bad i don 't know. But all of those issues of style are not what worship is about. And our heart here isn't about the issues of style. We want to be relevant and and, and that kind of stuff. But it's about Jesus. And if Matt Redman had refused to accept that correction from that pastor, I have no idea what songs we wouldn't sing anymore. Because they were never written except by the Holy Spirit. The wise family embraces authority. They accept its protection, receive its correction, and here's the last one. We're just about done. They follow its direction. Wisdom will guide you. Proverbs 30, verse 17. Now, listen to this. <laughs> the eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by vultures. What's up with that? man how's that for a picture that's on the list of verses that I thought I would never get to use in a sermon so now I, <laughs> and I, I'm, just, I I'm just immature enough to think man that's funny it's not funny but it's what a picture Proverbs 21, My 21 my, my son fear the Lord and the King and do not join with those who do otherwise and this is key Do not join with those who do otherwise. God's saying, respect authority and avoid people who who don't respect authority. Parents, make sure your kids respect authority and make sure they avoid kids who don't respect authority. I think this is an example, parents, where it's important for you to step in and help them make a change Where harmful relationships are leading them down a way that seems right, but the end of it leads to destruction. Eliminating harmful friendships for your children—it can be really hard to do. But God sets that standard, and if you are not heavily involved, heavily involved parents, in helping your kids pick good friends, you could be making a mistake—a significant one. Verse 22, for disaster will arise suddenly from from them and who knows the ruin that will come. That word about the ravens, you know, for those who mock and scorn, that word mock there means to scorn or slander. It's this, this attitude of superiority, a lack of respect. The eye that mocks the father. I mean, the eye typically in scripture is representative of the failure of pride, haughtiness, and In Proverbs 6, there's a list of things that God hates. First one on the list is a haughty eye, a pride-filled eye. It's this rolling of the eyes, folding of the arms, this attitude of, you know, smugness. Parents, you gotta jump on that with both feet. You just shouldn't tolerate disrespect because if you send that child into the world, Disrespectful of authority, when virtually every institution out there runs on authority, you're crippling them for success in the world. You just really would be. So much depends on his parents. So with this word today, we either receive God's word and get after this, embracing authority, or we reject God's word, which would be foolishness. Or we, worst of all, could hear it. So yeah, that's God's word, but I'm not doing it anyway, and that's the most foolish. Don't do that, I pray, because I I agree that authority is abused in some circumstances, and, and that makes it hard for people to trust, but I want to begin right here, trusting the authority of Jesus Christ, right there. Start there. Let's pray.